welcome back to the Get Fit Podcast. I am so freaking excited that you are taking the time to hang out with me, listening in your ears, because you could literally be doing anything else. You could be going to get a new cat. You could be figuring out how to run 10 miles. You could be learning how to fish with twigs and little bits of string. So on today's episode, we have Jessica Marks. She is a entrepreneur. She comes from corporate world, multi-billion dollar companies, and she is the master of helping you up-level, scale, grow your five-figure business to six figures and beyond. She is also a mom of two, and she has done all of this with two babies and a firefighter husband. She is an absolute rock star, and I am so freaking excited for y'all to get to hear from her today. So without further ado, let's have some fun. On today's podcast, we have Miss Jessica Marks. Now, I found her thanks to the magic of Facebook. And y'all, she is such an inspiration. I was stalking her website, her Facebook. She has done so many things. She has worked for multi-billion dollar companies. She can take your offer, your program, and she can help you get to six figures. She is so talented when it comes to strategy and growth. I am so excited for y'all to get to hear all of the goodness from her. So, Miss Jessica, if you would just like to share your your story with us, how you got here. I'm super curious. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you for that introduction. Like she said, my name is Jessica Mark and I am the CEO of Jessica Mark's Coaching Corporation. And we are a small agency based out of San Diego, California. I work with clients uh, nationwide and around the world, female entrepreneurs who are looking to really make an impact in the world, taking their passion and their purpose and turning it into profit. This is actually a newer business for me. I've been doing this for two years. I was always in sales right out of college. So I was doing commercial real estate and was invited to join a startup company, a very small startup company in the medical field back in 2009, made the lead, joined that company. And over a span of seven years, it turned into a multi-billion dollar brand with a valuation of eight and a half billion dollars. I was a key player in growing that business. I was in charge of all corporate strategy and our national sales team with over 500 sales reps in all 50 states. And while going through the transition of taking that small startup to a multi-billion dollar with employee count in the thousands, I was able to experience what it was like working with a male-dominated team who I'm so thankful for. Um, It's not one of those horror stories that you hear from these other women. I was definitely treated like an equal. My opinions, my suggestions, anything that I implemented in the business was well-respected. But what I noticed is that there were a lot of other female entrepreneurs out there, a lot of female-owned businesses at the time who didn't have that. They didn't have somebody helping them navigate how difficult it really is to build a successful brand. And they're Googling everything. And I myself had to Google a lot of stuff while working for um, this business and, and, and had my seat as an executive reporting to the board and the CEO. And I wanted to eventually start a business where I could teach everything I learned, although it be the hard way. I wanted to help female entrepreneurs be able to scale without having to go through the learning curve that I went through. So long story short is that once the company was acquired, I was asked to stay on. I stayed on for an additional almost two years and I got pregnant with my twins. I have boy girl twins, Easton and Peyton. And it 
was something that I had been longing for. I went through six rounds of fertility to get to that point and everything just kind of felt right that now was the time to transition out of this high demand corporate role where I was working 80 to 100 hours a week traveling the United States nonstop to really not only build my business, but to be able to build a business in a way that allowed me to also be a mom. And so that's what I did. I launched my company when I had twins that were just a couple months old. And I've been fortunate to work with hundreds of female entrepreneurs in the last two years, grow and scale their brands. That is phenomenal. That is, that is the short version. <laughs> that's amazing. I really wanted to like reach out to you because I do have so many like listeners and so much my audience does have kids. And I love that you touched on you had to go through fertility treatment. Like my best friend, that's how they conceive for their child. So that's something that's like very important to me that is talked about. Like you can be a very successful businesswoman and have babies and you can go through the time and struggle to have babies and it's going to be worth it. And I'm just very, very excited to learn that part of your story. Yes, so, absolutely. So when your clients are coming to you and they're ready to really scale, maybe they've been in it for a while. Maybe they haven't been in it for so long. What do you see is something they're overlooking or not really focusing on as they're trying to get to scale? What's that problem that you run into a lot? Is there such one? Yes, there absolutely is. So I would say there's probably three top ones that I could identify. I'll go over them really quickly. So number one is going to be pricing, packaging, and positioning their offers. So I work mostly with service-based entrepreneurs or product-based businesses that are going into the service market. And I can't tell you how many women and female entrepreneurs are underpriced. They've packaged their services incorrectly and they haven't really identified their position in the market. And so that's one of the very first things that I work through with my newer clients is where should they be priced? A lot of times they've developed their structures of their packages or prices based off of what they see others doing. And it's a completely incorrect way to do it. Like we want to take into account what is your experience? What is your history? You know, if you came out of, you know, Fortune 500 company and you're a chief marketing officer and you're starting a brand and web design business, your experience, your background will translate into how much of a dollar you can collect on this new business and what your value is that you bring to the table. So really getting clear on what makes sense. Also, as far as packages go, I see a lot of health, wellness coaches, different kind of coaches, or even marketing strategists, and they offer a 30-day or a 60-day program or even a 90-day. Not a lot can happen, whether it be with health, fitness, wellness, your business in three months. You can move the needle a little bit, but you want to make sure that you're offering packages that your clients are going to walk away from with the best result and what needs to be included in those packages. So I would say that's number one. Number two is systems and processes. So they're setting up their business to only ever be a solopreneur business. They're not thinking of the end goal in mind or having a team. So a lot of times they're doing things in a way that's very overwhelming, very confusing. If somebody else was to come into the business, whether it be a VA, admin assistant, a junior designer, you name it, it would be very difficult for that new team member to understand how things could be done, should be done, needed to be done. So really setting up those systems and processes to streamline the amount of time that you're spending on them and two, to make it very easy to 
onboard team members in the future where it's understandable and there's processes and procedures in place to follow that you've already identified work really well for the type of brand that you're building. And then the third one I would say is they they don't have a vision for where the company could go or they have a vision, but they don't have action steps on how to get there. And so instead of really implementing week by week, month by month, year by year, what needs to be done in order to actually scale the brand and increase revenue month over month, they're simply simply getting bogged down in those day-to-day tasks. And so it's really pulling them out of the overwhelm and get them focused on actual revenue driving strategic action items that can help really grow the brand and grow it quickly versus, you know, identifying a five-year plan. All right, mic drop. Welcome to business 101 class, ladies and gentlemen. That's so, so important. I definitely have noticed in the online space, I've been to a couple different like big entrepreneur events where I'm seeing women who are underpricing because for whatever reason, you don't validate like the amount of work that you actually put in because like you said, somebody else is pricing at a different price point. You really got to take into consideration the time you put into it, your experience, and really give yourself that value. When you undervalue yourself, potentially the clients who might be working with you will be like, well, it's only that much money. Am I really going to get what what my goals are? So I feel like that's one of the big things that I really want my listeners to take home from that. And then having a vision. If you don't have a vision, you're not going to go anywhere. And systems and processes is always an ongoing thing. So in terms of like teams, when you're coming on with people, how do you see teams from when you were very much in the corporate space to smaller business space? Are team structures kind of similar within roles or like how do team structures different from what you used to work with in the corporate world to smaller businesses? And how have you pulled corporate team life into small business team life for maximum results? Yeah, so I think that a team is always really important. Whether first you need to decide how large of a business are you really looking to build and what type of business are you in. So if you are a branding agency or you own a coaching agency, health, wellness, fitness, you don't need to bring on a team of 30, 40, 50 people to build a seven-figure business. If you're in a, say, hair salon or a restaurant-type business, you're going to have to bring on a lot more staff in order to hit a seven-figure business because the business is much more demanding and you're selling at a, at a lower price point. You should always have a plan to have a team, even if it's just bringing on a virtual assistant or an admin assistant, or like I mentioned earlier, a junior project manager, junior designer, because that is going to be the moment where your business really pivots and you are able to bring on more revenue. I always say it's really easy to get to six figures as a solopreneur. To try to go past that on your own is very difficult. And it's because you start wearing all the hats in the business. And when you start wearing all the hats, you're not able to focus on what you're really good at. And what you're really good at is what drives the revenue into your business. So if you're a health and fitness coach and people are coming to you because you have a style and you deliver results, that's what they're paying for. They're not paying you to be the financial person, the marketing person, the the scheduler, the admin, the, the person that's organizing all the receipts. That can all be outsourced at a minimal hourly rate that then allows you 
you to take on more clients, which will allow you to earn more money, bring in more revenue. And so I think it's really important that you first identify what's the vision for the business? How large of a business do I want to make this? Just because you have more team doesn't mean you're more profitable. And so it's really important that you're strategic about who you bring on and what the ROI is that they're bringing to the business. So for example, anyone that works for me is on a commission structure. So they are all responsible. Even my VA has an opportunity to make a very healthy commission should they bring in new business. So it's important that you make sure your team is also, you know, delivering an ROI and that they're not only bringing in new clients for you, but they're also freeing up your time that allows you to bill out at that higher hourly rate. That is good to know. I do like that the focus should be going forward to building a team. Like if you're wanting to scale, if you're wanting to do a whole lot of more things, you're just going to have to have a team. And since you did bring up team and you have been building this and you do have two babies and you're just kind of juggling that. I know right now you're recording this in your car while your nanny (laughs) is hanging out with the babies at home, which I love. Y'all ladies, you can make it work any way, shape or form. How, how was that for you to have the kids and then create essentially this new empire since they've been born? What are, what is the way you structure that? Like you have your nanny. I know you're married to a firefighter. So his work hours must be crazy. How do y'all juggle that? Yes. So I now have help. I did not always have help and I had to make it work. And I'm very open now with people about, I have a nanny. I get my groceries delivered. I, you know, do different things that make my life a thousand times easier because that's how I am able to have my business, which is extremely fulfilling to me. And it also allows me that when I'm not working on the business, I can be 100% fully present with my kids. We can take vacations. We can go to the zoo, whatever it may be. I did not always, it was not always this way. So when I was starting my business, I couldn't justify having a nanny. I had two new babies. I wasn't bringing in revenue. I was putting out more money than I was bringing in because I wanted to invest in the business the right way. So in the beginning, I was getting up really early before they, you know, got up in the mornings. I was working during nap times. I was staying up after I put them to bed because this business was so fulfilling to me. And I was so passionate about making it work that it never seemed like a chore to be doing those things. Even now with the current pandemic going on and us not having a nanny the last six weeks, I had to revert back to my old ways. So I was getting up at 4am, working for two and a half hours before they got up. I was working during nap time. I was relying on the days my husband was was off from work so he could step in and then I could work. And we've just always found a way to make it work because it's so important to us. My husband and I also own a construction company. So that's also very demanding on both of us. But if you are very strategic about how you schedule your time and you, I'm very careful with what I take on and what I don't take on. And I make sure that it's worth my time and that it's important to me and that I am very mindful of my schedule in order to make it work for not just me and the business, but also our family. Family. I love that. It's so it's so important. Like you must have such crazy open communication, which is key in really any relationship. But definitely, since you do have multiple businesses, having communication. Ladies, let your husband know when you need him to help you. You can ask for help. I know, like some of my mom friends, including my own mother, she would never ever ask for help. She wanted to do everything all on her own. Didn't matter what it was. We can't be afraid to ask for help. You need some kind of help, whether it is that grocery nannies, 
family, friends, maybe not in the middle of the pandemic, either not as readily available, but it's okay to ask for help. Like if you're a mom and you're building a business, sometimes you're gonna need help. Whatever that looks like, even if it's just like one day or a couple hours, don't be afraid to ask for it. It's so, so important for that. I love how you're scheduling. I read an article about how you do CEO Mondays for content creation. Is that a weekly thing? Are you doing that every month? What is your content creation process like? Yes. So we're recording this on a Monday. So it is my CEO Monday and these have been incredibly valuable to my business, but I also have my clients implement it as well. It doesn't have to be a Monday. Mondays work best for me because I like to get all of this done at the beginning of the week. And then no Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I am available for client calls. And then Fridays I do not work um, unless I absolutely have to. So CEO Mondays are basically you working on the business rather than in the business. And you really want to ask yourself, are these revenue driving activities? So Mondays I'll do like today, I'll record a podcast. Podcasts are really great revenue drivers for your business. They get you out there. People can listen to you speak. They can hear what you have to offer. So that's one great way. Or I'll do other Facebook live interviews. But then I also develop all of my content that's going to go out to my email list, to my social media, and I block it for the entire week. So I don't have to worry about it. If I know the following week's going to be really busy or I just want to create some extras, I also build up a complete full of like backup content that we can go to at any time should something come up in my life personally or I'm just not able to get to it. I also do all of my financials on a weekly basis. So I organize all my receipts from the week prior. I print out any invoices, anything that I need to know. I look through everything so that way I'm never blindsided at the end of the month. I have open communication with my accountant on Monday. So she always knows that I'm going to be asking her questions. I also do um, some prospecting. So this is when I will go on social media. I'll reach out through messaging. I'll set up discovery calls. It's just a really great way for me to make sure that while I'm growing all of my clients' businesses, I also have time set aside to grow my own business. And a lot of this too includes like an hour on Mondays of really just strategy planning. So things change. This pandemic was a perfect example of it. You cannot be you know, married to this five-year plan that you put in place. You have to be willing to pivot. So every Monday, I am getting on the phone with my team and saying, okay, based off of the current situation and what what's happening, here's what I'm expecting as far as sales numbers. Here's what I'm expecting as far as what our current clients are going to need and really staying on top of it to make sure that my business is also thriving through everything happening. Hello, my dear friends. What kind of money community do you have? And I don't mean who's your financial institution, what are your investments, how's your 401k, I don't mean that. I mean the people that you can go to when you're struggling to pay off your debt, when you're not sure if you're doing the right thing financially, where you want extra saving tips, where you want budget advice, where you want little teeny tiny savings hacks that can add up so much in the long run. Do you have a money community? If you don't, then I'm so freaking excited to welcome you into mine. It's called My Money Works Tribe. It's on Facebook. We are growing every single day. And right now I am doing, for every week, you can earn $25 for yourself to spend on maybe a little treat for yourself or put it forward with that debt. You know, my favorite thing. And then also $75 to your local community, either your community food bank, a charity you love, something 
to give back, and I'm so, so excited to be able to offer this for y'all. So be sure to check out my Money Works Tribe. The link is going to be in the bio, and I cannot wait to see you there. So good. So, so good. I just, probably like this year is when I really started understanding that it's not disingenuous to batch create content. I always thought I had to write all my social media posts in live time or there was something wrong with it, which looking back the fact that I ran all of my social media in real time is nuts. Right now, all my posts are planned out for the week and it's just like an automatic machine to get done. So if you can do that, if you can take the time, like when you're really inspired or if you just schedule that time to sit down and batch create a bunch of content so you can get your message and what you're trying to do out there, it's going to save you so much time in life. And I wish that I had understood that earlier in life, but that's why (laughs) we're here to tell you. (laughs) Yes. And one of the other really great things about having these CEO Mondays once life is, you know, somewhat back to normal is go to a creative space. If you're tired of being stuck in your office and maybe you go sit at a coffee shop, maybe you go sit by a lake or a beach or wherever you live where you know you're going to be more creative. Another way I spend my CEO Mondays is I am constantly staying on top of research and development for the business. I really want to challenge all of you. If you're not constantly figuring out new ways, new techniques to get in front of clients, what's going on in the marketplace, what are you know your competitors doing or offering, how can you do it differently, how can you stay ahead of the curve, you can't afford to do business as usual. Your business will fail. Definitely like in the pandemic, it's definitely taught us a lot of what is valuable and what isn't valuable to people and changing that market research, not necessarily changing the offers, but making people realize why right now is actually the best time for them to invest in themselves. I've seen a lot of people pull back and I've seen a lot of people push forward and the people who are pushing forward, providing like the resources to their audiences and who are showing up every day in new ways and they're not just trying to do what they were doing before those are going to be the kind of people who leave the pandemic so much further ahead than the people pulling back because they think that the market is shutting down to them because it's really not it's that's just what they're thinking unless someone actually tells you no you cannot decide that person's going to tell you no for them absolutely i could not agree more big life advice if you have an offer if you are a coach if you are offering a product unless someone actually tells you know, you have no idea what they're thinking or what they need right now. So how do you keep space for yourself in all of this? How do you stay grounded in just Jessica? Like you are a highly successful business leader, coach, mom, wife, multiple business owner. What do you do to just ground yourself in your awesomeness? (laughs) That's very sweet of you. So I will say this is probably one of the biggest areas I struggle with in my own life and something that I am constantly working through. And I, I was getting better until this pandemic hit. And now it's been like, okay, everything's kind of gone to the the wayside because I can't escape my house (laughs) or my family. But I will say I was one of those corporate horror stories where I was on that hamster wheel for over a decade of working those insane hours, never putting myself first. I didn't have kids. I had an incredibly understanding husband who kind of just knew that 
that I was very career driven. And so I didn't ever really put myself first. Then you throw kids into the mix and you're constantly being pulled in a thousand directions every single minute. And it almost takes me burning out sometimes to kind of remind myself I can't let myself get to this point. So prior to everything currently going on, I was trying to be extremely mindful of adding hours into my day that allowed me time. So if it was going to the gym, even just for 45 minutes, that was, you know, a time away. If it, you know, making sure that I schedule going out to lunch with a girlfriend, then I would schedule that. And I noticed that when I take care of myself too, and I'm able to fill everybody else's cups up and I'm able to be a better mom and a better business owner and a better wife. And so I think it's really kind of figuring out what works best for you and how much of that time you can actually allocate. I see some other moms and, and business owners saying, you know, they, they get two hours to themselves every day, or they take a whole day a week to themselves. Like I have two year olds and I have a husband that's gone all the time. And I, we've got two comp like that's not possible for me. So I try to fit it in when I can. And then just really make sure that if there's an easier opportunity for me and it financially makes sense, like $9.99 Instacart a month, <laughs> which is the best $10 I spend every month, not having to go to the grocery store, then I do that because that takes hours off of my plate every single month from driving to the grocery store, shopping and coming home. Grocery delivery is a game changer. We don't necessarily do grocery delivery because we like to go to the store, but we do grocery pickup. So they just bring it to the car. So it's a very enjoyable experience. Yeah. And I mean, there are just little things. Doesn't have to be a huge financial um, investment. It doesn't have to be going to the spa all day. Even just the little things that make my life easier. I have a house cleaner that comes just for four hours on Friday afternoon. So going into the weekend, my house is just, she does the bathrooms and the kitchen and the things that like, I don't want to have to deep clean. And it's just, it allows me to go into Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays with my family, not stressing about, no, I can't do stuff with you guys this weekend because the house needs to be clean or I need to get all this done. It, it, it really has opened up a space and I have to remind myself, this is why I work as hard as I do is so I am able to spend time with my family. Absolutely. And another way I like to think about it is when you're expanding like to having help, you're also helping those people who are helping you. You're providing jobs and money for other people. And in these crazy times right now, like every little bit helps. So I think it's kind of responsibility almost for like business owners to focus on what they're really good at and then bring on the help that they need and help those people with their lives in that way so that they can take care of their families in the same way. So I always love to think about it like that. I'm like, I love the people who do the yard care. I love those people. There's no part of me that wants to cut grass ever for any reason. I love those people. They are my favorite. And they can do these jobs so much faster than we can. So what would take me eight hours on a Saturday, she's able to get done in four. And it's just, it's so nice to be able to give yourself those, those breaks. Exactly. You got to do what you can when you're a high performer, you have to give yourself those, those pockets of time. So is that what you would consider like a big 
piece of advice for your younger self to like maybe not hit that burnout or what would you, what would you give, what advice would you give to a younger you? Yes. I would say ask for help. I had a really difficult time asking for help. Even now I am awful at asking my mom, my friends for help because it's free help. Like I don't want to ask my mom to come watch my, I feel bad because, but like it's gotten easier to ask for like paid help because at least I know it's an investment and I'm paying them and I feel better about it. And I need to get over that, that mindset. And so I tell all new moms, I'm like, ask for help, take the nap, leave the house a mess. It'll, <laughs> I promise it'll, it'll all fly by so fast. It's over before you know it. And then I would also say another piece of advice I would give my younger self is to, to really just go for it. And so I think there's a lot of people who probably looked at us and said, you have two newborn babies. Your husband's a firefighter. This is crazy. What are you doing starting a business? And so I think that there was some of that self-doubt of what am I doing right now? Is this as crazy as everybody's saying it? And I should have just really trusted myself because now I look at what this business has done for me personally and professionally. And I'm so glad that I went for it. That's so, so important because if you don't go for it, you're going to regret it and you're going to regret not not doing it a lot more than if you try something, it could fail. It totally could fail, but it could also totally succeed. And you're just never going to know. And so I would rather live in, okay, so I failed at this thing, but I've learned this other thing than just look at all of my ideas and be like, well, I don't think that I could do it. So I'm not even going to try. Terrible yes. mindset. Yes. <laughs> well, I am going to have all of your social media, your links um, in the show notes. I just love to close out with final thoughts from my guests. So what is something from your heart that you just want to share with us? closing message. Yeah. So I think that because I spend a majority of my days talking with female entrepreneurs, whether it be through networking, my clients, speaking engagements, social media DMs, if you have questions about your business, feel free to reach out to me. But I really do feel like I have amazing connections within the space and honest and transparent and people. And I know the pain points, I know the struggles. And I think that female entrepreneurs are so incredibly hard on themselves trying to figure this out on their own. And they're so afraid to ask for help or they're afraid to make investments in the business or in them personally. And if you want to be a true entrepreneur and you want this to be a business and not a hobby, you will have to one, start making an investment, whether that be in your branding, your web design, coaching, whatever it may be, the areas of your business that you're lacking, you have to be willing to make those investments because those are going to be what take you further. And two, you have to get really comfortable with realizing that you cannot do this on your own. You can, but it's going to be incredibly difficult. So getting yourself a community of other female entrepreneurs, getting yourself connected with industry experts that can be a mentor to you and be willing to look at business differently than running it as a hobby. Ladies, there's never been a dude out there who doesn't talk about his mentors. Every male entrepreneur that I'm friends with talks about their coaches. They talk about what they invested, this, that, and the other thing, but I hardly ever hear my ladies talk about it, at least not openly. They definitely have coaches and they've done the investment, but they're not screaming loud and proud about it the way that they should be because they see getting help as weakness and it's not. Getting help is going to give you a different perspective. It's going to give you other ideas and it's like a whole new world. You have to invest in what you want to do. You got to know people who are doing the thing that you want to do and look up to them, reach out to them. 90 
90% of the time, they will reply to you and they will be very nice to you. Very, very rarely is someone going to actually be mean to you if you ask them a question. They're really not. It's okay to ask questions. Yes, absolutely. And I think that, you know, I see women all the time out there that are female entrepreneurs and I think, oh, I just, I, I know I could help them. I know I could, they're making this so much more difficult than it needs to be, or they're spinning their wheels trying to figure out how to get revenue coming in, or they, you know, are doing 50, 60,000 a year, year over year over year, and they're not breaking that six figure mark. And until you bring somebody in that's not emotionally attached to your business, that's not down in the weeds, that's looking at it from you know, 5,000 feet and telling you, okay, here's where you need to go. Here's what you need to do. Here's how you can really target this type of audience. Here's where you should be positioned, packaged, priced. You will be amazed at how quickly things start to shift when you have the support that's able to identify those areas for you. So, so true. Ladies, this is your permission. Ask for help. If you need some coaching, you're ready to scale. I will have all of Jessica's info listed in the show notes. Reach out to her. She's absolutely a gem. She was so open when I messaged her. She will help you. She will be there for you. Thank you so much for being on with me today. It was absolutely a joy. Thank you, Cassie. This was so fun. And I, I look forward to hearing from your listeners. 